0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of my still new podcast Advertising Not a Funny Business Everybody hates advertising There is an ad on TV, you switch the channel There is an ad in a magazine, you flip the page Ads are everywhere And everybody is always running away from them I advertising But advertising Because advertising has a sneaky way of hounding you. And now it is especially true with digital ads. You look at some product on some website and then the brand will keep retargeting you with reminders, begging for your attention and a second chance. Until you block the ad forever. Then what is the point of advertising? Most of the times people don't even remember the name of the brand until it is hammered a thousand times over with a song like Britannia, Britannia, Britannia Marigold, Britannia Marigold. And still, when you go to the shop to buy Mari Biscuit, you may pick up a Parle Marie without batting an eyelid. <laughs> if you ask someone if the decision to buy the brand that they use every day was influenced by seeing its ad, the answer most probably would be a no. It just feels naive and stupid to get influenced by an ad or believe what advertising tells you. But if you ask someone if they love the brand that they use every day, their answer would most probably be a yes. So people do have a connection with the brand they use, but not with its advertising. Fair enough. You're using the brand every day. It fits into your life, gives you benefits you're looking for. You will feel a stronger bond with it. Advertising on the other hand is an interruption that adds no value to your life. There may be exceptions like Nike's Just Do It campaigns that work as motivational speeches to get you going, even if you're not wearing Nike shoes. But honestly, who cares about advertising? One of the greatest con men in American history, George Parker, infamous for selling properties he did not own, such as Madison Square Garden and the Statue of Liberty, he once said that the only people who care about advertising are the people in advertising. (laughs) Truer words have not been spoken. During the Super Bowl in 2013, oh, if you don't know, Super Bowl is the world's biggest marketing stage. A lot of new brand campaigns are launched during that time. And for the record, brands spent about $5.6 million for a 30-second media space in 2020. So in 2013 Super Bowl, there was a sudden short loss of power while the game was still on. As the stadium descended into darkness, Oreo's social media account tweeted, Power out! No problem, you can still dunk in the dark. Everybody went batshit crazy about how Oreo had won the Super Bowl versus the big-budget old-fashioned TV ads that night. The Wall Street Journal concluded that Oreo had culture-jacked the Super Bowl. Like hijacked, but culture-jacked the Super Bowl. The Washington Post asked, can Twitter replace the Super Bowl ad? Business Insider called it the tweet that was heard all around the world. This was the first instance of what we call moment marketing today, creating relevant connections between offline and online world in real time. A few weeks ago, Jerry Dakin wrote a detailed article on LinkedIn talking about this so-called quote-unquote moment and all the things that led up to it. You must check him out on LinkedIn, but to cut the long story short, he reveals that it was not as spur of the moment as it looked. It was part of an ongoing campaign for Oreo's 100th birthday. The strategy was to place Oreo at the heart of cultural moments in celebration of its own status as an American icon. And Super Bowl is as American as it gets. And also let's not forget, Oreo did run a TV spot during that match. Yes, that tweet was a big moment in marketing history. But you know what really made it big? The publicity around it. The story was packaged like a marketing breakthrough. It was not a phenomena that was randomly observed by people at large and then picked up by news channels there was a strong pr strategy behind that one little tweet and the big 100th birthday campaign and yet today if you ask the loyal consumers of oreo if they remember the moment of dunk in the dark they would have no idea what you're talking about the only people who remember that moment are the people in the marketing world in 2002 Al Rees and Laura Rees, two world-renowned public relations strategists, wrote a book called The Fall of Advertising and Rise of PR. So the narrative of advertising being dead and dying and going through an existential crisis has been going on for decades now. But advertising is still thriving. It is not the same anymore, it is evolving, but you can't do without it. And I will come to that, but first let me talk about the edge that PR has over advertising. PR has credibility. You may run away from advertisements and be skeptical of any claims made in the ads, but because PR brings out the brand story through a third party, the media, the brand message is hidden in the garb of a news piece, and you're all ears. PR is more sinister than advertising, but you believe it because of the way it is packaged. PR generates stories that consumers are more open to listening to because they think that they're listening to credible, unbiased sources. In fact, uh, these days, newsworthiness is one of the tools copywriters use while brainstorming for creative ideas. If your ad were to become a front page news, what would it say? Something like that. Today, we also have another form of advertising called influencer marketing, where brands get in touch with content creators on digital platforms and pay them to review their product or participate in some way in the brand campaign. Considering this is also a third-party endorsement, influencer marketing should have fallen in the PR bucket because the effectiveness of influencer marketing also lies in word-of-mouth, just like PR. But it comes under paid sponsorships and advertising bucket because the influencers like to be quite open about the whole, I'm being paid to do this bit. It makes them feel like they're being authentic and showing the real picture to their audience. See again, advertising always creates this frame of, take it with a pinch of salt. The problem with associating with content creators or product placement in a web series is that these content creators don't care about or don't understand what the brand is all about. All that matters to them is if the content is entertaining and matches their own brand of comedy or entertainment. In some podcast I was listening to recently, a content creator said that when he associates with a brand, he uses the filter of entertainment by taking away the brand. If it is entertaining and makes sense even without the brand, only then he goes ahead with the content. Now, if I look at it from the conventional brand lens, that approach is really counterproductive. It is similar to how celebrity brand ambassadors tend to overshadow the brand and the ad ends up being a promotional tool for the celebrity and not the other way around. So while on one hand, celebrities and these content creators provide brand scale and reach and also relevance, it also makes advertising unbelievable and the brand very incidental in the scheme of storytelling. Now, don't tell me you believe that Shah Rukh Khan drives around a Sandro or Ranvi Singh actually wears a Rupa frontline underwear. And that face wash you've seen in the web series could have been any face wash. <laughs> so, what I'm trying to say is that PR, publicity, influencer marketing is all great to build your brand and get people talking about it. But you still need advertising to give birth to the brand. In fall of advertising and rise of PR, Al Rees and Laura Rees make an argument that advertising does not create brands, publicity does. Advertising can only maintain brands that have been created by publicity. To that, I don't agree. You can develop more credibility for the brand through PR, but creating brand's identity, its positioning, what it stands for, giving it a unique voice, is what breathes life into the brand. And advertising does that labor of love. So all the people who are saying that uh, content creators are going to take away advertising? I don't think so because uh, brand creation is not something that content creators can do, right? You are not going to get Shah Rukh Khan to create the brand for you just because he's acting in it. The fact that advertising has no credibility or believability could also be related to the so-called creative liberty or creative freedom that creative people thrive on. It seems like advertising is never meant to be believable or credible anyway. There always seems to be the lens of, Ad yaar, don't take it so seriously. Don't take it so literally. Which is great for funny ads like the Happy Den Mahal ad, where people turn into chandeliers and street lamps, or the Center Shock hair ads, or the Fevicol ads, or Ambuja Cement's Khali ad, or the very famously absurd Skittles ads, where brands have room to be a little frivolous. But there is an inherent lack of believability in some advertising, like the spotless clear skin or the shiny flowing hair or petrol khada me onda. Such ads thrive on exaggeration to make the point. Also because you have such little time to tell the whole story, ads tend to take some shortcuts without caring about character development or narrative arc. Things just happen mostly because of the brand, acting as a magic wand. So brand enters and you get the energy. Brand enters and an idea pops into your head. Brand enters and the girl turns to look at you. real life not in real life, but advertising. Just like how Hindi movies are going through the revolution of real life stories, whether it is biographies like Mary Kom or Neeraja, or just giving spotlight to real life achievers like Arunachalam Murugnantham in the movie Padman, I wish Indian advertising could also take a leaf out of that book and show more realistic portrayal of characters and stories. And I don't mean just using real people instead of models, which some brands claim to do, although those real people also look like models only, so makes no sense. Or some brands use influencers instead of celebrities, but they're also like mini-celebrities. But all that is great, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something else. I'm talking about campaigns like Vicks' Touch of Care campaign where they pick up true stories and bring to light the struggles of particular segments. Like the story of a transgender who adopts an orphan girl and fights against societal stigma or the story of a girl suffering from a rare skin condition and the discrimination she faces. Those ads won hearts not just for breaking stereotypes, kudos for that, but they won hearts also because they reeked of some truth that is so refreshing for an ad. Now think about it, not every Wix consumer is a transgender who has adopted a child, right? Can I personally relate to that story? No. But am I moved by that story? Yes. Advertising is a storytelling medium that allows brands to throw the spotlight on people and their individual journeys. It is about weaving a story that people will connect with, characters that people will believe in or want to believe in. Times of India's Out and proud campaign that came out last year also gave voice to real people telling real stories. Gillette's campaign with barbershop girls and the colonel story that I mentioned in my previous episode was also based on true stories. Gone are the days when advertising was only about selling a product or creating an aspirational brand narrative. Today, brands must resonate with the progressive shift in the zeitgeist and also lead it. A few weeks ago, Unilever announced that they'll be changing the name of their brand Fair and Lovely because they realize how wrong it is at so many different levels. I remember sharing it on my Instagram page with a very excited applause gif. But then after some time, I realized how these big corporates or for that matter, people with privilege or at a higher social hierarchy do one little thing and everybody goes ballistic praising them. Which was my first reaction to, chalo, achhava, long due, finally they're doing something. But obviously changing your brand name is not enough. Brands really need to own up and find a way to show that they really care about people. Fair and Lovely changing its name is not going to change the product. And more importantly, its target audience is not suddenly going to stop wanting a fairer skin. Fair and Lovely bola hai, a fair skin ki a nahi hogi. That's not happening, right? So what can Fair and Lovely actually do to stop people from feeling the need to be fair? Can Fair and Lovely do that? Do they want to do that? That's the real question. I thought now when Fair and Lovely comes back with a new name, there'll be a lofty brand purpose attached to it. And then they renamed it Glow and Lovely which is even more ridiculous. Brand purpose is one of the most popular constructs used by marketeers to justify the significance of their actions, something that will get them brownie points for being socially conscious, even if it is a lip service in most cases. When it comes to Glow and Lovely, it is not even that. Calling it Glow is literally a clever marketing move and Congratulations for that. But it has nothing to do with their social consciousness at all. Byron Sharp, one of the greatest marketing gurus of today, says that brand purpose is almost like an apology as we feel marketing is so disrespectful and evil that we have to do this other stuff. (laughs) While there is no harm in being aspirational and purposive because human beings do want to move up in life and seek a larger-than-life purpose, but first and foremost, I wish brands were more intimate and generous. Intimate in terms of personal identification where I feel what the characters in the ad are going through and generous in terms of making heroes out of consumers instead of making the brand the hero of its own story. It is about more realistic and truthful reflection of the lives of real people. It must also start with getting comfortable with real lives in general. So many brands scoff at TikTok in India because it is raw and truthful, which is difficult for a brand to accept or associate with. But can we take baby steps? Instead of showing grandly art-directed homes and locations like what they show in ads these days, could we show more realistic households, streets and locations? Even Hindi movies have moved towards such nuanced art direction. When will brands and advertising feel confident enough to come close to consumers' own reality and make it more believable? Well. After all is said and done, I do understand that it's not so much about who believes in advertising anymore. But really, the question is, who loves advertising anymore? (laughs) I understand that advertising need not be believable all the time. I think that is where the joy of advertising also lies. But I really wish more people loved advertising like they did before, including me. (laughs) For that, I think we need to be a little more cognizant of who our audience really is and how we can be true to their needs. Talking of which, have you seen the latest Cadbury Silk ad? It is intimate, it is generous, and it is such a lovely ad that makes you feel what the brand wants you to feel. And I just love that jingle. Every time I hear it, it lingers on my lips and makes me smile like a little girl. Go, 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 check it out right now. It is called How Far Will You Go For Love? And it is exactly what I mean by intimate and generous. Oh, wait 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 there is more thank you for listening to the second episode all the ads that i talk about are uploaded on my youtube channel it's called advertising not a funny business so it is easy for you to check them out you can also follow me on instagram at advertising not a funny business where i'll be discussing some bits and snippets from this episode and you can also write to me at advertising not a funny business at gmail.com I've already started receiving some messages on Instagram and it is so motivating, so lovely to hear from you guys and it makes me really happy. So thank you, thank you, thanks a lot. But I would also love to listen to your stories and your thoughts. So I have two questions for you today. Number one, have you ever come across an ad that really motivated you in some way? Tell me all about it. Number two, tell me about an ad which was not believable, but you still loved it. Like I love that Kali ad. Okay, that's it for today, guys. Thank you for listening. See you in the next episode. Ta-da!